Hello, you're listening to Linguistically Aware, a spoken word program about the ways we use, understand, and think about language. In this episode, I will be talking about language variation. I will talk about how language changes and what changes are specific to Canadian society. Before you tune in to CGSW 90.9 FM radio station, I'd recommend that you acknowledge the territory that you're living in, because these are the territories of the people of the Treaty 7 Region 3 in Alberta. Sociolinguistics is the study of the relationship between society and language. Language is essential to how we interact with people, and the way we use language says a lot about us. We use different words, different pronunciations, we use different structures, and because of that, we are members of a particular speech community. That is a group of people who share certain social conventions or, or as we call them, sociolinguistic norms. For example, when I speak English, most people can tell that I am a foreigner. This is because of the accent that I have. In fact, we talked in one of the on one of our episodes that everyone has an accent, right? But you can recognize that my accent is not a North American accent or an accent of a person who is a native speaker, which is nothing bad per se, but it is noticeable. You grew up in the community that you grew up in, right? So you're used to that language and you have acquired this language. I have not. I acquired a different one. And when learning English language, I could not reach this native-like proficiency or native-like pronunciation. This means that my speech will be recognized or noticed by Um, native speakers and this is perfectly normal but it is a fact that language tells you where I might be from and that I might not be from uh, Canada for example language also tells people with shared norms something about um, their place in speech community for example I am probably youngish or still young I'd like to believe that I am probably relatively educated some features in my language are salient and recognized within the community as having a particular social meaning and they are called sociolinguistic markers other features Uh, such as, for example, vowels or the choice between 
used to and would would be below the radar as they can say but as we can say but can be shown by a large-scale study to be associated with particular social characteristics these features are called sociolinguistic indicators so both indicators and markers affect speech communities norm these norms are shared by all the members of the speech community so sociolinguistics studies the language of the community not the speech of a single speaker a very important aspect of sociolinguistics in the study that studies the speech of the community is what we call mutual intelligibility. Mutual intelligibility is what linguists usually use to determine whether people are speaking the same language or not. If people from two different places, let's say um, London, Canada and London, England, can understand each other, then they are speaking the same language. And the, the systematic differences in their speech reflect different dialects or subsets of the same language. Um, a great example is the Balkans or the countries in the Balkans that separated, for example, Croatia, Serbia, Bosnia, uh, Macedonia, Monte Montenegro. These countries all speak one and the same language and they are of course mutually intelligible but they speak with different dialects and subsets of the same language although because or due to political differences these countries have declared their languages different from from each other it is still one and the same language and that is what binds us and what should connect us of course in practice um, as I said mutual intelligibility is not always used to decide whether two different ways of speaking should be considered different languages or dialects of the same language uh, for example speakers of Swedish and Norwegian can understand each other but Swedish and Norwegian are considered two different languages because they are in two different countries as I just mentioned uh, the same thing is with Balkans but I believe that Swedish and Norwegian but although I'm not 100% uh, sure are um, different much more different than Serbo-Croatian um, the Chinese situation for example is the opposite Cantonese and Mandarin are not mutually uh, intelligible speakers tell us that they cannot always always understand each other and um, but they, their speakers consider them dialect because they are spoken in the same country and words of similar meaning in each language are written uh, using the same characters so there are different standards when you determine whether something is uh, the same or different language and it's not always up to linguists right uh, to determine but to certain political and state matters um, another aspect of the naming issue is that many non-linguists reserve the term language for what linguists call the standard variety 
or the language that is taught in school um, that is language that is used in formal writing language that is heard from newscasters and other media that uh, are believed to projecting this standard uh, variation or some kind of authority um, or at least competence all other varieties of the language we call non-standard and they are uh, they're often named dialects so there are there is standard language that we use in our research for example i need to recruit for my research some speakers of standard french um, while i would not one speakers on non-standard French for this particular research, while some other uh, researchers would recruit uh, participants of non-standard French specifically. The problem with standardization are value judgments. Um, oftentimes, people who uh, speak the standard variety are thought more educated. Uh, more competent and uh, more sophisticated richer in a way and pro probably literally uh, than people who speak non-standard non-standard languages or non-standard dialects the reason for that is because it's perceived and dialects are sometimes perceived broken chaotic limited and sociolinguists avoid the naming problem by using the value neutral term variety for any subset of a language the standard variety um, as well as well as regional class or ethnic varieties for example others reclaim the term dialect and speak of the stan standard dialect as well as regional dialects or sociolects or ethnolects They'll often say everyone everyone has a dialect, and we do believe so that everyone has a dialect, as everyone has an accent. So, what is most important when talking about standard and non-standard speech is that there should not be value judgments. We're all differently capable of of doing things, and our language or variety does not determine what we are capable of so value judgments should not be problem in the society that we live in She had high heel shoes with a high class tone in vogue with six deep, never ever alone. Always a full mailbox on a cellular phone. Catching attention, eyes, ears, and bones. Stepping in the front door, expecting a free cup. Excuse me, queen, that's gonna be five bucks. If I ain't paying the bills in this apartment, and we don't play the pretty face coupon market. So move on, barking with your blue blonde jargon. Break your wallet, take it to the keg and park it. It's the kind of party where you spew off target. Miss the bathroom sink and hit the living room carpet. Zooming so hard that you chew on garbage. Confusing it long gone from the in carbon rock next got beef but the two bomb to start shit and teasing business like the oolong market the only problem is the party's at large causing a loud ruckus congregation in my backyard i got word that the neighbor's gonna call the cops unless y'all get it together and choose one the house 
Two shots to say choose your poison Cause everybody's gotta do dirt at some point Kid choice, a coin flip, fates double jointed With a busy schedule and no time for appointments So I sneak in her office when she's out on the weekend And play my own fate, however I see fit With a cup of self-destruction bubbling in each fish Complete with a mentality seeking to get ripped In the science of applying it ain't really deep shit It's as simple as logistics and breathing Simple as five chicks in the bathroom applying makeup And I'm tired of waiting so it's time for public urination They can take a permanent vacation while we're racing against death I got for the moon is Spring quick, kidnap and attain the passion is all I plan to do And charge the kids to play a role in the game like facts and I do not attempt to bring my heart down Disrespect, gotta break the guns and guitars out I'm repping these rules like corrupted cops I can't get caught, so make a decision and choose one House of the garage, take that to the house of the garage Man, I know you got enough guns to fill two trunks But if the cops sold, then y'all have to choose one That's the house of the garage, man, take that to the house of the garage Cause my soul's addicted I'm dancing to a broken man So deep in this I can swim till the ocean's empty Cause my soul's addicted I'm dancing to a broken man So deep in this I can swim till the ocean's empty Cause my soul's addicted I'm dancing to a broken man So deep in this I can swim till the ocean's empty Cause my soul's addicted Two other naming problems need to be cleared up. Non-linguists often call non-standard varieties slang. To linguists, slang refers only to words, either words new to the language or old words or phrases with new meanings. Slang is usually associated with younger speakers, in fact a good indicator that a slang term is finished is when middle-aged university professors start starts using it. Most slang is short-lived, you don't hear many people say groovy or the bee's knees anymore, and I have no idea what these are. Crib, dope, whack are starting to sound dated as well, but some, some slang terms do hang on and become part of the standard language, such as mob, freshman, and many other expressions. Unlike slang, dialect is usually distinct in multiple linguistic domains, such as lexicon, morphology, syntax, and phonology, so we have a complex structure there, while, di- while slang is quote-unquote merely words, right? A second term sometimes used for dialects is accent. We talked about accents with Dr. Mary O'Brien 
in our um, third episode of Linguistically Aware and linguists use accents to refer only to pronunciation although dialects usually include accent differences dialect and accent boundaries don't have to match um, for example many people speak standard english but with an accent reflecting their ethnicity class religion or region so we have myself speaking or trying to speak standard english and the accent i'm speaking with reflects my um, ethnicity class uh, gender and so on and so forth so these two are uh, very important terms to know um uh, sometimes in society social distinctions will develop and we can expect to find them reflected in linguistic distinctions and variation in sociolinguistics or variation theory studies this connection uh, central to the practice of variationist sociolinguistics is the concept of structure variation in any language variety there are many linguistic features that can be produced in more than one way uh, for example many uh, varieties of english have more than one way to pronounce the sounds represented by the latter combination th such as thin that brother path um, th is what we call the variable the thing with several pos possible realization realizations each possible realization is called a variant across all the words of the language the variant that is likely to surface depends on linguistic factors um, such as position in the word voicing and other in the third example and in much uh, variationist work the focus is on linguistic factors affecting variation um, variation in sociolinguistics is sometimes described as too much linguistic and not, not enough socio uh, so the socio component does show up in two different ways however first usually the research is conducted among speakers of non-standard varieties and the research makes contribution to understanding these varieties and one of the pioneers of sociolinguistics William Labov um, said that variationist work also concerns itself with social factors that influence variation in a structured way so in the case of the or th the choice of variant might be affected by the speaker's age sex or degree of education we assume some variation within individual speakers or interest speaker variation especially in terms of style shifting but most of this work looks at how speech varies according to speakers social characteristics in other words researchers are looking at inter interspeaker variation so we have two types of looking at uh, the users of language in terms of inter and intraspeakers variation. So these are very important notions because that's how we analyze 
the changes in the language and what's going on in the language. The last thing I would like to talk about is an interesting case of isolation that changes the language or retains the original form. The isolation means that certain parts of the world are physically isolated from everybody and this isolation um, is reflected in linguistic and social practices and attitudes. So a good or a well-known case of physical isolation is speech of the new of Newfoundland. The speech of Newfoundland is distinct from the rest of Canada for four reasons. Three of them are historical and one is geographical. It was settled very early, but by North American standards, its settlers came largely from two um, areas, uh, southwestern, southwestern England and southeastern Ireland. Most immigration occurred before the mid-1800s, and the island is a long way from other heavily populated areas. The combination of these factors creates a perfect um, situation for dialectologists because Newfoundland English retains many distinct speech features that have disappeared or diminished elsewhere. For Newfoundlanders, the first sound of the diphthong is a mid-central vowel somewhere between a uh and a. Uh. Other pronunciation features associated with uh, some varieties of Newfoundland English are the stopping of interdentals such as that for that and um, word initial H deletion so there is no H such as Holy Road for Holy Road. Uh, Newfoundland English also retains some of distinct morphology and syntax uh, for example um, location can be marked with phrase final prepositions as in the often quoted stay where you stay where you're to till I comes where you're at um, object pronouns can use subject forms as in they see we they see we instead of they see us and uh, plural s is sometimes absent as in two pound instead of two pounds so those are some of the uh, characteristics presumably gaelic influenced and uh, irish influenced as well um, which have been retained due to the physical isolation another case of isolation is linguistic isolation uh, quebec french is so distinct and filled with interesting variation that it is actually one of the language varieties most studied by sociolinguistics. Um, Quebec French is a good example of how isolated language varieties retain older features of a language while undergoing their own internally motivated processes of language change. For more than two centuries, French in North America has been isolated, but the isolation has been linguistic rather than physical. So we have some linguistic changes 
that have occurred in the language due to linguistic isolation because nowhere around Quebec is French spoken, right? Um, some words, of course, some English words have been borrowed into Quebec French. Um, a restaurant might give you a bill, rather a bill rather than factu, for your orders of bin um, and toast. I'm not really uh, fluent in French, so I won't be trying to speak anymore. But there are so many cases where Quebec French and France French are quite different in terms of um, um, words and syntax and morphology. There is, for example, there is retention of older forms or archaisms, um, such as for the for the word flame um, or um, suspicion, and uh, people who speak French will probably know. And in some cases, words have developed distinct meanings, such as um, uh, "fairy" in Quebec and "crossing" in France. Uh, have different have the same word but different meaning right uh, some synthetic differences observed in Canadian and French seem to represent either processes that started centuries ago or in or are internally motivated changes so um, in casual speech when people say je, je sais pas instead of je ne sais pas for I don't know and uh, that's something I can produce relatively well um, and this was widespread in the uh, 19th century, so this is something that has been retained in Canadian French speech. So we see that there are different kinds of isolations. One is a physical, one is linguistic, and the third one is social isolation. I won't be talking too much about it, but uh, I would recommend that you read the case of African Nova Scotian English which is a very nice example of social isolation. There is so much to talk about uh, when it comes to uh, variation, social and language aspects. And um, we hope to have an expert on the show um, with new ideas and with explanations of so many concepts. We have to speak about code switching and borrowing. We have to speak about contact languages and these are very important or very interesting cases where languages change thank you very much for listening to me my name is Dusan Nikolic if you want to find out more about me visit dusannikolic.com if you want to find out more about linguists in Calgary visit calgarylinguistics.ca stay tuned to this wonderful station listen to great music great podcast and uh, see you all very soon we will have an excellent guest in our next episode thank you i heard a scream in the night we could have swore they were trying to call you some kind of call to prayer without the light i waited for you but you never showed up so when the sirens and the gunshots followed before you could answer I decided the next time I call you, I won't wait before I take action. Just because I believe it doesn't mean it's there, but I see what's going on. A village that would first shout prayers into the night air before we called 911. 
it's not a bird or a plane. It's Fred Campbell. Police and police, like a better built gang, handcuffing authority to integrity by the waist. No, 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 not for long till the next call, cause folks still think bullets are in the name of God. It's no loss for crushed menthol, shadow boxing the smoke, throwing jabs at a brick wall for fun to entertain the inevitable when the night falls in. What shadows to dust I work between the law and the dirt It's technically the same thing But I'm at a loss for words I always think about you even when I'm at my worst Cracking jaws and windows Pressing against nerves Where did your daydreams go When you found out the middle class was a placebo That your job was benefiting more prisons than people Did you pull out a five dollar bill and call it your equal? Uh no GPS, I see through the maze I graduated from the school of Dr. Strange They pulling strings to put my style on trial John Fogarty, and only called me Brad When preface the totally There's no guidebook on how to live When you're coming up in the Riverside Wiser Strip, I watch the price of life Drop with every sunset, so I keep the stock Up and forcing the cost to bend Mohammed Buddha on Jesus Could save this city from It's up in the evening all eyes set on the wrong grass I won't wait for some wonder to what's right I never want to rendition of freedom, 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 freedom I'll set fire The coast of Genosha. I've seen the apocalypse twice. No bluff. Trust me, you don't want a damn thing to do with it. The way it's going, you won't need cable to know the future's dim. I shift the foundation of any house I'm in. Broken homes, apartments, house of them. My expectations are weary. When the big picture's moving like it was painted by Kyle and Jerry. Midnight streetlight poster. A faded